and welcome to Weird Around Illinois. Today we're going to talk about different cryptid hunting techniques that are used in the field and whether or not they work. Let's get weird. Now one technique you will see a lot if you ever watch Bigfoot hunting shows like Finding Bigfoot or Expedition Bigfoot or things like that is the howl or the Bigfoot call. Um, I mean, on the surface, it makes sense. Uh, you know, if you're hunting ducks, you do a duck call. If you're hunting moose, you do a moose call. And there are a bunch of varieties of Bigfoot calls. There's, there's the standard howl, and then there's something called the, the Ohio howl or whatever it was that Matt Moneymaker called it, which is a little higher pitched. There's like a grunting call, and then some people do calls that are made to sound like wounded deer or coyotes in the hopes of luring a Bigfoot in. Now, for Dogman, it's a little simpler. If you're calling for Dogman, you just do a long wolf-like howl, which we've actually had some success with. When we did the howl, we heard, you know, stuff moving in the bushes after making that howl. Of course, I might have just scared a smaller animal when I did that. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't know, but it, it certainly just gained attention on some animals. Yeah, well, we've heard uh, on Bray Road before, after you did Howl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the one I was thinking of, where, uh, you know, first we alerted the dog when I did the Howl, and we got plenty of answers from him. And then uh, in another spot, we heard, like, bushes moving or trees breaking after I did the Howl. Yeah, tree branches. Yeah. That leads us to the question, do these Howls and Calls actually attract the cryptid you're looking for, or does it alert them that you're in the area and scare them away? According to Finding Bigfoot, it attracts them, because Renee, you know, her howls seem to often attract, like, the Bigfoot. That's a good point, that, that the Renee's howl in particular, because they say that Bigfoots are fascinated with women and children. Oh, so yeah. hers is higher pitched and more feminine and may have attracted them more. Because I, I, I never hear much after, you know, Renee or, or, I mean, after Matt or Cliff do a howl. You know what, thinking about it, We've had a dog bark in response once, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that mean that the dog is trying to, like, is almost in fear and would want to, like, uh, I guess be more far away from that howl? That's almost in a friend way? Maybe. I mean, maybe, it, maybe he was agitated and was angry. Maybe he was fearful. Maybe he was just saying hi. You never know with dogs. I, I And I guess it's the same thing with... Um, you know, hearing a response to a Bigfoot howl is the, is the response, you know, shut up, I'm trying to sleep, or is the response, oh my god, there's a human here, everybody run, or is the response, oh great, food. <laughs> the next technique is a uh, wood knocks. So this is another thing that Finding Bigfoot team does often, and a lot of different shows actually. Of course, you know, it's known to be like a a form of communication with Bigfoot. Some people do just one wood knock, some do three. It seems like three gets the most response, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to get irritated when they just do one knock on those shows. Yeah. But um, I know when we did it up by uh, Holy Hill, when I did those wood knocks, we got something moving through the brush pretty rapidly. And it seems to me on the shows, they the wood knocks get more responses than the... Uh, than the howls do, I think. The cool thing about wood knocks is if something responds in kind, like if you do a wood knock and something else does a wood knock in response, 
you know whatever is doing that response is either a human or a Bigfoot because it has to have opposable digits to wrap around that piece of wood to hit another piece of wood. Yeah, there's, there's not really any other animal that could do that. That's at least in America that yeah. I know. I guess in that respect, I like wood knocks a little bit better than howls. Um, even though howls carry a little further usually, I think. I guess it depends on the type of wood you're hitting, too. Yeah. I'm surprised that Mothman doesn't get attracted by wood knocks. It doesn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. I think the only way to attract Mothman is to loosen some bolts on a bridge. Not that I'm recommending that, but um, that seems to be what lures them out every time. Yeah, I mean, at least our next thing, just baiting. Speaking of, like, Bigfoot, actually, there's an idea that Bigfoot is really attracted to, I guess, apples. Mm-hmm. I I cannot think of a reason why that would be. Maybe it's just a good taste, which yeah. I can't disagree, but it's something to really question. But other cryptids like Dogman would probably just eat a, a meat carcass of some kind. You yeah. leave it um, in some area. That's exactly what someone did in Wisconsin for Dogman. I think it was around the Horicon Marsh area where they set a deer carcass out with a trail can. And that was where they got that classic footage of the mist rolling in, and when the mist receded, the the carcass was gone. Mm. <laughs> and that was like like one of the classic dogman in the mist kind of kind of videos. When you're baiting for Bigfoot, the other thing that I've seen used is apparently Bigfoot likes sweets, which might be part of the reason he likes apples, but yeah. I've seen people use donuts. Use donuts? Yeah. Like glazed donuts or yeah. like plain ones? Like don't, glazed donuts, I think. Wow. <laughs> Even somewhat sprinkles, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a waste of a good donut. but Yeah, but that might also show that's more human than anything. Yeah, that's a good point. The, the apples, we actually almost used once, right? Yeah, we kept meaning to, but none of us could brave the mosquitoes to go out and yeah. set that thing up. Yeah, we always thought of it at like 10 o'clock at night, and it's like, I'm not going out there. Yeah, well, and we were worried another animal would get to it. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have a trail cam to watch it with, which is another thing that works really good with baiting, if you can set up the trail cam, as you yeah. described. Yeah. So we would have basically set our stuff out there at night, seen it was missing in the morning, and unless there were huge footprints or something, we'd never know what took it. Now, with... When it comes to trail cams and Dogman, I do recall seeing at least one image that kind of showed the outline of a figure that looked like a Dogman or Werewolf. Mm -hmm. um, it'll probably be on screen if I can find it, but I, I remember it right now. It's like in the bottom left corner, there was this like weird figure. It was kind of like bright gray compared to the black background. Mm -hmm. it, it was weird. Hmm. And uh, it could have been mistaken for anything, honestly, but it's just pretty different. That's good. I mean, uh, trail cams, they're a great tool in hunting for Bigfoot and Dogman and any cryptid, really, because you can just set them out and forget them. I mean, they're, they're a cryptid hunting technique in and of themselves, really. You just set trail cams anywhere you think the creature's going to be and check the camera every so often and... Um, you know, you, you uh, could have your evidence. You know, you described a fairly decent trail cam picture. I have never seen a decent trail cam picture. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of bad ones out there. I remember one, there was like a an animal or 
lights or something it was right at the camera and it was like knocking it down off the tree and everything yeah it's usually you see like hair or or you see you know like a deer and then the deer is gone in the next photo but there's blood or you you see like a shadow in the back of a grainy photo image of you know what the trail cam took it's it, it it's frustrating that it it so rarely catches something like dead on because it can catch like uh, mountain lions and bears and deer and everything else. It makes you wonder, are Bigfoot and Dogman just so much faster than other animals that they just zip in and zip out before the camera has time to fully react? With all the portals that we've talked about, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, with show cams, I kind of realized you would... I've seen on, like, Bigfoot is Real, that, that show, they, they try and find, like, paths or, like, uh, I guess... Uh, routes that Bigfoot would actually go through mm -hmm. and obviously they put the trail cam within the area They've done that before. Yeah, these Bigfoot shows often talk about like the power lines and how it's a good mm -hmm. uh, How it's a good place to put trail cams. So what's another method? Uh, another method is the Bryce method. Ah, one of our favorite. Yes, love the Bryce method. <laughs> yeah. This is basically when you're just driving and you're just looking for Bigfoot while in the car. <laughs> It sounds stupid, but look at how many Bigfoot and Dogman sightings are on the road. Yeah. Now, the only conflict with that actually would be, like, you have to get the timing just right. Yeah. I mean, you need to do it. an incredible amount of research and decide if it would be at night or during the day. It's It would be rare, but it would be much easier. Yeah. Yeah. Price from Expedition Bigfoot usually just like drives like normal mm -hmm. we actually alter it a little bit we go a little bit slow mm -hmm. to look for him yeah but the reason we call it the bryce method is the, I, I found it really funny i think it was season two of finding bigfoot expedition bigfoot? or expedition bigfoot yeah um you know you got russ out there climbing through the underbrush and scaling cliffs and whatever else he's doing out there and you got ronnie and maria out there arguing with each other in the tents and using their fleer cameras all over the place and the best image of a bigfoot that they got in that entire season was from bryce driving down the road with dash cams on <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, it's just one of those things. He said, well, you know, there have been some Bigfoot sightings on this road. I'm going to drive up and down it for an hour or two and put cameras on each corner of my car and see what happens. Yeah, that's true. He has cameras, like, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And you, I don't think you could even blame the producer for that. No. The producer of the show. I mean, they sometimes put cameras there, but not that many. No, no. So, I mean, in, in terms of getting good bang for your buck and just being comfortable while hunting for Bigfoot, you can't beat the, the Bryce method. Yeah, let's not forget about the food, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're doing the Bryce method, you have to have some nachos with you. That's, yeah. that's for starters. <laughs> but you sit in your nice air-conditioned vehicle, you got your cameras going out every window or every corner of the car, you just drive slowly up and down the road, and... You know, you you drive until you until you need gas, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had some very good success success with that. We have. That, yeah. that was on Bray Road, and we heard the uh, branches. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, well, that was a modified Bryce method. We had actually paused by the side of the road, but <laughs> uh, that still counts. Yeah. <laughs>
Now, one of the, I guess one of the biggest ways that you would think of, particularly like tracking a Bigfoot, would be looking for tracks. Mm -hmm. One thing that kind of makes it a problem is that people have been seeing Bigfoot tracks, particularly kind of going missing halfway. Yeah. And we've talked about it before, but you know, you, you're walking through, you see these big prints, you just track it all the way till the end, but it's like, it ends halfway. Yeah. It's so mysterious and none of us could explain it. Well, I mean, the first question I have is, are people actually tracking these things to the end? Yeah. I, I mean, some people are, but some people are like, hey, I found a big footprint, let's do a cast of it. And then you never see him walk to see where the tracks are going. I think that that just might be the concern of how deep the woods might be. Mm. Only most of the time, it just seems like you could go through. Yeah. It, I don't know. And these are supposed to be, especially when we're talking about like um, the Mountain Monsters team or the team from Bigfoot is Real or uh, like Russell from Expedition Bigfoot. These are expert trackers. These are people either who hunt for a living or used to be in the military or whatever. And you know, you would think that once they get a track, they should be able to find whatever's at the end of that track. Probably, but it's just conflict because I've seen on a couple of the shows, it, it ends at some point. So that brings me to you know one of two conclusions. Either something supernatural is happening and they're, you know, stepping into a portal or flying or taking a superhuman leap 40 feet in the distance to start a new track. Or these are hoaxes. These are tracks that humans are making to fool people into thinking it's a Bigfoot. And then, you know, the, obviously they're not going to make 200 tracks. They're going to make two or three tracks to catch somebody's eye and then they're going to get bored and leave. Right. <laughs> With the with the TV shows, there are so many of them. Probably at least half of them are faked to some degree. Yeah, probably. And who knows if the shows aren't faking them themselves just to give the guys something to look at? Yeah. I mean, maybe you know, I don't want to. I I don't want to, you know, impugn the integrity of the people on the shows. You know, they seem like trustworthy people, but. Who's to say there isn't a production assistant or a producer who wants to be sure that they get another season out of it, so they sneak out there and put a couple tracks out before the team goes out looking. Yep, some yeah. some producers just go under the radar. Yeah. Also with the uh, the tracks, you know how Mothman sometimes, uh, like when he flies, he doesn't actually use his wings? I've, I've heard that sometimes, where he oh. just flies without his wings. Interesting. <clears throat> Uh, I wonder if cryptids sometimes do that, or other cryptids, I mean, like Dogman or uh, Bigfoot. Well, it would explain the lack of tracks. Yeah, yeah. and of course that one weird sighting of where, like, Dogman randomly had wings. Yeah. Yeah, two of them. <laughs> so, the final method of cryptid hunting, it's actually one of my favorites, simply hiding in the woods. Um, you know, you can do it like the Bigfoot is real people, where you put like a team of people out there at various points in the woods where you think Bigfoot might show up. Um, <laughs> the trick with Bigfoot is real though, is they always tell them not to move until somebody comes to get them and they always move. <laughs> They're not trained professionals. And one thing that I want to mention in this hiding in the woods, well, we don't do that because we haven't been trained. We haven't had enough experience for that degree yet. Mm -hmm. And you know, a lot of the people that go out to, like that are usually 
pretty experienced in hunting so yeah it's a different type of mentality it's i mean i've, I've done it before hunting other things besides cryptids but um the patience required is incredible mm -hmm. because you have to sit in a spot and literally not move because um particularly when you have a high highly sensitive animal like a bigfoot or a dogman who you believe has better senses than human beings if you you know open a bag of chips you know or if you you know take a take a drink from your water water bottle or something they're going to hear it and they're going to look in your direction and they're going to see you and they're either going to avoid you or they're going to eat you depending on what their <laughs> what their approach is yeah now Russell from Expedition Bigfoot, I remember he took it to the next level a couple times. And there was one episode where he had a ghillie suit on. Oh, yeah. And he was, like, hiding under some bushes next to a rock. And you couldn't tell there was anything there. Yeah. Oh, boy. And I, I'm, I'm still afraid when we go on a mission sometimes that Russ is going to pop out of the woods on us. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, in... Uh, finding Bigfoot, uh, Matt, mm -hmm. I think there was like one episode where he like snuck up on the team one. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he had a ghillie suit. If I'm I think mistaken. so. Yeah. So if we ever decide to do this method, probably a ghillie suit would be a good investment. The other thing I've seen people do is go into tree blinds, um, you know, well off the ground to hunt for, for uh, cryptids. Um, we've, we've seen this a lot on... Um, mountain monsters they even set up like zip lines so they could get out of the tree blind really fast if bigfoot came for them which is kind of my problem with tree blinds because you're stuck in a tree yeah and you're expecting something eight feet tall to come to you <laughs> and if, if it's gonna be if it finds you you're just gonna be stuck there yeah i remember that some of the people on the bigfoot is real team had to do that before they had to go down really quickly. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. surprised they weren't worried about getting eaten or something. Yeah, going down. Yeah, I, I've seen that on um, Alaska monsters as well. There was one where they were in a tree blind and Bigfoot came and almost knocked down the tree. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it, it wasn't pleasant for them. I, I mean, a tree blind is great because it gets you off the ground and you're not worried about like a snake crawling into your boot or something. Um, it's great because you have a, a wider field of vision, especially if you've got a FLIR camera or something, so you can see anything moving around you. But yeah, once something gets there, you're you're dead meat. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, you better hope he goes away on his own because uh, you're not getting out of that tree. Except sometimes it seems like Bigfoot isn't actually trying to harm people. Yeah, that's true. Bigfoot seems more about scaring people out of his area. Yeah. Yeah. Is why it's kind of weird that they would just show up at the tree when you're there. Yeah. Unless they're just trying to scare you. Maybe. So, in conclusion, I mean, these are a lot of different hunting techniques, and I think a lot of them work to some degree. I mean, we've seen them work on TV shows. We've experienced some of them working a little bit for us. But um, some of them, you know, we'll, we'll have to test them a little bit more. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Thanks for subscribing, and um, we'll talk to you again soon.